Thank you for listening to this podcast. The Ville Church provides all its resources for free. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please consider giving financially. For more information on how to give and other resources, please visit www.theville.church. I'm going to, um, you know, for the sake of time, I'm going to try to hit a word or whatever and stuff, but it's a good word and I got to preach it. It's Father's Day. Y'all with me so far? So we got to make this thing happen. I'm going to move quick. If I'm moving too fast, slow me down. You understand? But I want, I, I want to send you, send you away with your heart light, with a little bit of pep in your step. Um, but I want to do that with some real gospel, not something that's all watered down or whatever, some real deal stuff. Y'all ready? So I'm going to read our text. Our text for the day is 1 John 4, 7. All right? Men, I think I hit you. Yeah, yeah, you got it, bro. All right. So it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And in this, excuse me, live through him. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. That's our text today. Let me give you a little bit of context if you're just um, jumping in with this, right? But we've been going through the book of 1 John 4 and the context is this right here. Um, The church, the people of God have been getting harassed. They've had a group of people that have left the church, right? And so when you see John in 1 John 1, and he's talking about, if you say you don't have sin, you're a liar. But if you repent and walk in the light, the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all your sins, right? He's actually not just talking the talk. He's actually going at something that is happening in the church where these people have been, you know what I'm saying? They've been coming around and kind of backtracking against what he's actually preaching. You get where I'm coming from? And so people in the church, and they're kind of a bit confused or whatever. A lot of that happens today, right? Where people are like, man, I'm just trying to figure out what truth is and this and that. Like, I know what you actually preach. I know what the word says, but they talking about this, this, and that, and that's not really that. Y'all get where I'm coming from? So there's a whole bunch of people doing a whole lot of talking, and they swear to be like, you know, one with God. But he's like, homie, they don't walk like our father. And he's helping the people that remain distinguish what's really, really real, right? You get where I'm coming from? It's like if you're a parent and your kids get on the wrong track or whatever, and they think some friends or their friends that you see are really a bad influence, you sit them down and you expound on what a real friend looks like. You get where I'm coming from? To give them clarity. He's giving clarity in this whole book because of the context. So the context makes the words even more powerful, right? So I'm going to just hit it line for line for you. On that first verse seven, where we start off, where he says, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. There's a Greek word that describes what he's saying there. It's agape tosi, agape penomi. I probably jacked that up. So don't even, don't go look it up. Just take me for my word, right? (laughs) Don't go look it up. But what it's saying is those who are loved, let us love. You get where I'm coming from? Those who are loved, let us love. In other words, it's talking about a response. So when he says beloved, he's saying y'all are loved. When he calls us beloved, you like my loved children. 
Right? Y'all are the loved ones. So he says, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. Y'all with me so far? So we love one another because we are loved by God and have received that love and live in light of it. He's landing God's love on us, right? It doesn't come from our good intentions. It doesn't come from what we romanticize is actually really, really good love or whatever, right? It's not what we make up in our head and be like, oh, man, that would be, that'd be really, really nice. You know what I'm saying? I remember I watched this video one day online or whatever and stuff, and it was this, uh, this guy, he was trying to, he was like, man, he's like, there's this homeless lady that lived near him. And he went and he worked on this house. Like, he built like a small house before the small house thing was a thing, right? He built this small house for him. He was so proud of it. And I'm like watching the video on like YouTube, and he's just like, he's like, yo, I put it, and he presents it to him. He's like, yo, I put the wheels on it and all that. You know what I'm saying? He had like little wheels. And so the video has this homeless lady walking with this you know, this shed behind her on wheels. And I'm watching the video and I'm like, bro, and he's so proud, sitting here like, man, love, just showing love. I'm like, dog, that's not love. I'm like, bro, I wouldn't want my mom walking up the street with a whole shed behind her. You get where I'm coming from? And so, it just, so like, <laughs> my point is, sometimes our versions of love in our head, it may feel like love, but it might just be a little bit off. Our goodwill might be off. Y'all with me so far? Mankind is in a perpetual state of experiencing fell in love. We're in a perpetual state of it. It just, it just is what it is, right? Let me, give you, let me give you a little picture of it. I absolutely love my kids. I love them. I love my wife, but I love them the best when they go where I want them to go, do what I want them to do when I want them to do it. Sounds sinister, doesn't it? Because it actually is. It, it, it actually is, right? But that's what, that's my version of, God, of, of love. That's not God's love, right? If I could set perimeters on the way I see love, you know, with what I would call a good heart, it would be, really be sculpted around my flesh, my desires, right? It ultimately end up being self-serving. It wouldn't require humility on my part. It wouldn't, have, it wouldn't require me having to stop and get correction from others because everything I was saying be right. And I'm like, yo, I'm showing love, bro. Like, take the love however I give it. You know what I'm saying? And just get in line with it. I don't want to stop to have to hear my kids say, yo, dad, the way you said that wasn't really, I ain't like that. I don't want to have to stop to have to repent. I don't want to stop to hear that my love is not just awesome love. You get where I'm coming from? I don't want to be needy. Right? But submitting to God's love, this love that he's talking about here or whatever, it means that I'm saying that my love ain't the ultimate best love in the world. That even my idea of love needs to submit, right? Stevie Wonder had this song he sings or whatever, and he says, love is in need of love today. He said the mere idea of the way we think of love, that love needs some love. The love ain't loving. Y'all get where I'm coming from? Church, there's one true love. It's God's love. For my fathers, I say to you, your best show of love and strength to your family and your friends and the world around you will be in your submission to God's love through Christ. If you want to hit it right, you ain't going to hit it right unless you hit it that way. Y'all with me? And it's going to mean us swallowing a little bit of our pride or whatever. 
Verse 8 says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. It says, anyone who does not know love, they don't, they don't, who does not love, they don't know God because God is love. And he's kind of doing the same thing. Like, I'm going to jump back to, to, to verse 3 for, you, for y'all who weren't with us. Because he's kind of doing the same kind of play. And verse 3 says, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now is in the world already. So I told you, he's sitting in front of his people and he's trying to help them be able to distinguish what's real and what's not real, right? He's trying to help them distinguish the, 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 the real stuff from the sucker stuff, right? And so he says, yo, this, this spirit, this spirit don't confess that Jesus is from God. That spirit is an antichrist spirit. And when I told you about it last week, I told you that this word confess is the Greek word homo legal. And it means to say the same thing as. It means if this, when it's saying spirit, it's not saying that if this spirit says these words, then man, it must be real. It's actually more than that. It's saying that, is it saying the same exact thing? The spirit that's working in the people, because he's talking about the people that came to them. He's like, the spirit of God was not in them. They were talking something completely different. They weren't saying what the word of God was saying. Y'all get where I'm coming from? But the word in the Greek is not just talking neither. It means that there's walking with it, that confession, homo legal, whatever. It's like we're saying the same thing as God and there's actually fruit. Y'all get where I'm coming from? So he's expounding on that statement in verse three when he hits it in verse eight. And he says, and, and, and he says, so that spirit ain't really real if it ain't doing this. And anyone who does not love, which would be that action in that homo legal, I was just telling you about, are they confessing? And is they love looking like God's love? You get where I'm coming from? Y'all with me so far? Is they talking right and is they loving right? If they not, then, homie, they, they, they don't know our father. You get where I'm coming from? It says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. You understand? They might have some other kind of version of love or something they call love, but if it ain't lined up with this textbook, we ain't going to call it love. Y'all with me so far? Everybody awake? Verse 9, he says... In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God has sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this, we're going to talk about what this is. The love of God was made manifest, meaning that it was, became clear and obvious to the eye or the mind. It was made clear that this is what love is. Y'all get where I'm coming from? It says that God sent his, what's that next word there? What's that next word? Y'all look at the screen. God sent his only, right? And you have a couple to spare, whatever, like y'all don't even like this one too much. You gotta have him. If you can do all that, sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is important for what we were saying in verse 1 when we talk about agapitos, agapipinomi, right? It's important to that. This idea that those who are love, let us love. Because if you don't actually know God's love, if you don't read this scripture and he says, in this, if you don't know what this is, it means that you actually can't bring forth love. You get where I'm coming from? When we repent, truth is made clear to us by the work that was done on the cross, right? 
If not, then we're just going to romanticize what we think right and wrong is, truth is, right? It says that God sent his only son into the world. Sent his only son into the world. The love of God is unique and it's different from all of our love because it doesn't start from this place where, where somebody deserves it. You understand? My counsel always talks to me. He always says, Jay, he says, man, I really want you to not talk about what you think you deserve. I want you to focus on responsibility, right? It's like, don't nobody owe you anything for being a father. You've had some kids, you were supposed to father them. You get where I'm coming from? right? That's a part of the responsibility. Nobody's supposed to has to award you because you took out the trash. That's a responsibility. You get where I'm coming from? It's just, it's just what grown men do or whatever. Certain receipts like, don't, don't, don't turn yourself into a victim. Take care of your responsibility. And I'm like, yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. But sometimes, you know, I'm like, man, I deserve a little love. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> kids out here putting in work, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I can't get a little love out here, whatever this and that. But like, what I'm doing in my head is I'm like, the love becomes transactional, right? Becomes transactional. God's love is different. It says while we were dead in our trespasses, he sent his son. It's different like that. Don't deserve it. Didn't earn it. Can't earn it. Can't work for it. Right? Y'all remember the thief on the cross, right? Hanging next to Jesus. In his words, he looks over and he goes, we deserve to be up here. He had quantified all of his actions in his life and the things he did, the way he took advantage of the people, the way he stole from people, his fingerprints on sin, right? His fingerprints that of, of rebelling against a holy, righteous God. He quantified all of that. He said, this is going down exactly how it's supposed to go down. I know what I've done. You understand? Homeboy was sober more than ever. I know what I've done. Then he looks at Jesus. Please remember me when you go into your paradise. He goes, he's innocent. We're not. And Jesus goes, today you're going to join me in paradise. You get where I'm coming from? The love is different. My man didn't have a resume to give. He didn't have a resume to be like, yo, God, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I was robbing and stealing, but I did help. He didn't have nothing to try to bargain with, and he didn't think it was worth bargaining for. He, I have nothing to offer. I'm up here, stretched out, done. I need mercy and grace. He is sober. He is sober in his condition, and God does what God does. He lavishes him with mercy and grace that he doesn't deserve. His, God's love is different. Y'all with me so far? He playing a whole nother kind of game or whatever, right? I read this, this, this quote not too long ago, and I thought it was so profound. It's from C.S. Lewis, but he says, it is easier to be enthusiastic about humanity with a capital H than it is to love individual men and women, especially those who are uninteresting exasperating, depraved, or otherwise unattractive. Loving everybody in general may be an excuse for loving nobody in particular. 
Let it sit for you a minute. I don't know about you, but it guts my heart. I, like, I look at it, I'm like, okay, caught. It's easy to do a drive-by, like, yo, what's up, homie? I'm just sliding through, showing love. It's harder to be like, yo, my man's walking, he might need a ride. It's harder to be like, my man can't walk, he might need his yard taken care of or something like that. Right? Our love ain't all that, it ain't all it's popped up to be. Right? I do this not to just injure and sweep the leg on us, but to sweep the leg on our, our false humility so we can find real humility. Repentant kind of humility. You understand? Repentance that actually goes like the thief on the cross. Lord, I need your mercy and grace. And I actually need to do something new in my heart that looks like real love instead of me walking around romanticizing what love is and thinking I'm good or something. Y'all get where I'm coming from? That's what the gospel does. That's what the cross does. It cuts out the old, foolish, ridiculous, fleshly heart that we all walk around with and starts putting something new and alive up in there. Y'all with me so far? Verse 10 says, in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation, right? That means that Jesus lays on the cross and he is payment. God is angry. He's a just God, right? He's a loving God. But his wrath is something we can't even grasp in our mind. And he is utterly angry at sin. He's, he's angry at our sin. He's angry at other people's sin, right? But he sends his only son to die on the cross and he releases the wrath that he has for mankind and he puts it on his only son as payment. Jesus satisfies his wrath. And then he takes our ugly little disgusting thief on the cross resume and he gives us Jesus' perfect resume. It's the great exchange. Y'all with me so far? It's a beautiful exchange. It's so beautiful we can't even grasp it. We have to walk around it and kind of like move and try to like get, try to like the best we can get a hold of it, right? We talk about like agape love or whatever, right? We hear that word and we see it on t-shirts and stuff or whatever and Hallmark cards and everything and the Christian culture and everything. But like it actually means to like actually have your mouth hung open. It means to actually like Something you see is so insane and crazy that you don't even know how to, it's, you're in awe. You get where I'm coming from? Now, flesh keeps us from being able to see the unspeakable beauty of the cross, but God gives us a, a bit of a, a glimpse to be able to hold on, right? But our flesh restrains it. We have a hard time seeing our own sin. We have a hard time seeing the glory of the cross, but by his mercy and grace, he puts his spirit in us and he just keeps pointing us to it, Right? While we, work, while we wait and yearn for a brand new body, yeah? an eternal body in an eternal place. Verse 11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. It means we should respond. He doesn't love us because we were good. So he didn't earn the love. He loved first. And then as we look upon that love, we respond in it. You get where I'm coming from? 
Verse 10, it says this, and I'm going to start to bring this, excuse me, verse 12, and I'm going to bring this on home. It says, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. I want to speak to fathers here. I'm speaking to everybody. Well, I want to speak to fathers. Listen to that right there. It says, no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Your children, your family, your community, they experience God when you're experiencing God. When you see God, when you are, the gospel is moving and grooving in your soul, and you're not walking in condemnation because the enemy's telling you you ain't doing enough and you suck and you ain't enough and you ain't making enough and all of this stuff, but you are fully loved and you are looking to lavish somebody else with that love that God has given you, that mercy and grace. Maybe you got a res resume like the thief on the cross, but you know you're forgiven, right? You got a past, but you know the past has been wipe clean so you got a new pep in your step when you go serve and you love people that when you love your family and your kids or whatever they're experiencing God's love through you y'all with me I want my kids to experience God's love through the way that I move with them right but I got to be experiencing God's love I have to know that I'm love I have to know that he, 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 he made the first and the most ultimate move right so this wellspring of life can actually flow on them, right? And flow on other people. My father was not the best father in the world. He wasn't, he wasn't good. Well, he, he wasn't even a good father. All right. I was trying to give him something, whatever. It's Father's Day, whatever. <laughs> he was not a present or good father. But I loved him, right? But I loved him. At a certain point in my life, as I, you know, spent my life criticizing him, I realized I was him. It was a hard pill to swallow, right? How do you leave your kids? But I'm so engulfed in drugging and thugging, I got a new baby. I don't got, I don't got time neither. I get, oh, I, now I'm starting to get, I'm starting to understand my, this is how it happened. You got eaten alive and consumed by something, right? And so now I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, well, Dad, I've been spending all this time throwing the rock at him, but the rock's going to hit me. You get where I'm coming from? Y'all with me? So I started praying different. I started praying different. I'm like, God, I need you to save me and save both of us. I wasn't a Christian, so I didn't know what the prayer was supposed to be like, but I was just like, God, if you up there... I need you. And I used to just think I was better than him, but I'm like, he actually needs you too, because now I understand how it got him, because it's getting me. You get where I'm coming from? And then when I, when I start to realize, and this is, this is going beyond just the fathers, this is for the brothers, you understand? This is for the kids in the room, everybody. I started to realize, like, maybe God had a redemptive purpose for me getting it to come back and actually speak to my father and preach to him. You understand? I'm, I'm, I'm bitter because of what he didn't do. But then I started to get that. I might have a calling to be the one to, like, redeem and fix something, right? I ended up getting saved by the grace of God. Not because I got good. He just came and Jack pulled me up out of the darkness. 
but I led my father to Christ before he passed away. You get where I'm coming from? So fathers, we got an obligation, but we all actually got an obligation. Because this love that it talks about in this text, the way that we have been saved because it has nothing to do with us, some of our narratives just get obliterated in it. The narratives that would keep us victims, none of us deserve to be here. It can be different for all of us. It's the grace and mercy of God that makes us rich, which means that our enemies can get it, your haters need the gospel, right? Whoever's trying to sabotage you at work, they need the gospel too. You get where I'm coming from? We don't slit throats like the world because our love is not like the world's. Because if we're going to move off our worldly idea of love, then guess who needs to get God too? All of us. But we, what we didn't because of God's mercy and grace. I'm going to end with this last thing. One of the visions of the Ville Church is to see the gospel of Jesus Christ and his church treasured in our neighborhood. The mission is to build bridges to see strangers become friends who become family. That seeing part in the vision, that seeing part is not about, it's not just people out there who, are, who need Jesus seeing. How are we going to help anybody else see it if we don't see it? It's about us seeing the gospel of Jesus Christ. This love it talks about in the text where he loved us first and we love because of that. That is the whole engine in everything we do. If not, then we just in here just having breakfast. You get where I'm coming from? And that's not what the church is called to do. We have breakfast because I said it earlier, I believe a church that uh, prays together stays together, but I also believe a church that parties together stays together. So I believe in partying and having some grits and eggs and hanging out and chilling. I believe in all that kind of stuff. Matter of fact, next Sunday we'll be at the beach if you want to come hang. We're preaching at the beach. We preach anywhere we want to. But that vision, see the gospel of Jesus Christ and his church treasured in our neighborhood. Ain't nobody going to treasure the church if we are not seeing Jesus and then lavishing that kind of love on people. It's not going to happen. You get where I'm coming from? One of the young homies in the neighborhood told me, he said, bro, when I asked him about churches in the neighborhood, he's like, they suck. They don't even speak to us. And when they do speak to us, it's only to criticize us. Them churches ain't seeing Jesus. Lest we fall victim to the same kind of thing, we have to be seeing Jesus. Experiencing Jesus. Experiencing this gift from our Father, right? To us, or whatever, for the redemption of our sins. Church, bow your heads. That's my sermon. Let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just praise you, Father Lord. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. God, help us get past ourselves to be able to see. Um, Help us to stop relying on our version of love. Help us to humble ourselves. Um, help us to actually find it. Help us to rejoice in being humble and repenting from our sins, Lord. Like, let that be a beautiful thing for us. Your word says that we have to be teachable. But often we find in Christian culture, we don't enjoy being teachable because we're too busy trying to act like we got stuff together. And that's whack. It's a lie. It's not true. It's not honest. So, Lord, help the culture for us in the room and for others to be humble, 
Help us to know that we are walking and we're being sanctified. You said that you, when you saved us, you gave us an eternal promise, so we are your children. Condemnation is not for us, Father Lord, but you do convict us. But help us to be joyful in being sanctified. Help us to not go run and hide in the shadow. But like you said in 1 John 1 or whatever, that, Lord, we, we all have sin. And if we say we don't, we're a liar. So help us to draw closer into the light because you have nothing but grace and mercy waiting for us. But let us not be so self-absorbed that our existence as believers is not only just centered around entertainment and being a consumer, but also that we go and lavish people with the love that you've given us, Lord. So we pray that for our church this morning. We pray that for everybody in the room, Father. And we just thank you that we're able to come together, preach the gospel, hear the gospel, and enjoy each other's time, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.